Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Can I just say to you this morning, what Jesus is really saying is, if you're a Christian, you cannot laugh in this world. You must be very serious. You must mourn all the time. Is that what Jesus is saying? Hallelujah. I mean, you know, there's people that say this, that Jesus never laughed. Are you kidding me? With those 12 idiots? Throughout the history of the church, there have been groups who worked really hard to present an image to the world of Stoicism, believing that their lack of mirth indicated that they were godlier than other people. The problem with this view of Christianity is that it contradicts the plain reading of Jesus' life. Weddings, small children, celebrations. It's impossible to imagine Jesus at these events and not enjoying himself. Pastor Mark will be sharing about the joy that is available to us as we yield our lives to God, even through difficult times and even persecution. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he concludes his message, Christ followers live by different values. Without God, you'll never find fulfillment. So a true follower of Jesus wants to be right with God. Then they want to know more about God. Now, what's the opposite of a person that just focuses on the physical here? Not the spiritual, just the physical. Look at the woe in verse 25. Woe to you who are well fed now, talking about the the material things of this world, for you will go hungry. Can I say it? It says like this. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now for a time of awful hunger awaits you. You see, Satan, the great deceiver, provides all kind of alternatives to fill that place that God can only fill. We try to satisfy our spiritual hunger with power and authority and success and comfort and happiness and sexuality, even dead religion. You see, the world is starving for something that satisfies. And Satan is always offering fake food spiritually to try to satisfy it. Because of that, as Billy Graham says, a person is empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. King Solomon tried everything to fulfill that appetite he had for God. Nothing filled it. Let me read you what he said. Everything is so weary and tiresome. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. Can I say this to you? 
Here's the biggest danger. Write it down. The biggest mistake in life is trying to satisfy a spiritual hunger with physical things. It will never work. You'll always be hungry for God. Because the only thing that fills that is a personal relationship with him. Now looking back at verse 21. What's, if I'm blessed, what is the promise? Blessed are you who hunger now for what? You will be satisfied. You remember Jesus said, he stood one day and he said this. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will what? Never hunger again. What does he mean by that? Those who hunger and thirst for God are promised when they come to God, you will absolutely be full. But there's a big deal with this. Many people think hunger for God just means salvation. Well, it is. You're searching for something. And when you come to Jesus, you're full. But our life should still be hungering for God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let me ask you, do you still have a hunger for God's word? That's why you're here. People want to know why we go to church. What's wrong with you weird people? You go to church. Like, what's wrong with you? Because we have a hunger for what? To know God more. We have a hunger to know his word. When, when you leave here, one of the goals of Calvary Chapel, guys, we're just one of many, many, many wonderful churches. What is our goal? To make sure people are loved and well-fed. Who's feeding you well this morning? God, the Holy Spirit's feeding you. So if maybe you've lost a little of that zeal for the things that maybe it's become, well, I did my devotion check off and you're actually starving. Maybe you need to get back and say, God, I hunger for you. Let me read you something. When we go to Israel, we always go to a neat area where David is. And uh, here's what he says. As a deer longs for streams of water, it's at En Gedi. So I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Christian, keep thirsting for God. Keep taste and see. He is good and he remains good in our lives. Amen. Now, back to 21. As you see all that, blessed are you who, what? Weep. Now, for you will laugh. How about that for a good one? What is it talking about? In our world... What's happening in our world? World of sorrow, isn't it? There's difficulty in our world. Anybody here ever weep or mourn? Anybody here ever weep or mourn? Of course we do. Did God design our world to be that way? No, he did not. But that's the real world. So what is this mourning about? It's really two areas. It's mourning over our personal sin. Have you ever said this to God? I'll never do that again, God. And you do. And you go, what is wrong with me? It's that I gave in again. So we mourn over that personal sin and we mourn over the condition of the sinful world of God. You see, there's a time in our world when you stop and look back that what God designed, he never designed all of this. So there is a time where we weep and we mourn for our world. I was thinking because, you know, often we go to China and I was thinking about these retired people, probably never been on a little teeny cruise or whatever before. Here they are, 60, 70, 80, first cruise ever. They go on the boat, a tornado comes, 400 of them die. Now, was that God's plan? Of course not. So we what? We mourn. We weep for that. It just doesn't make sense to us. We also mourn and weep for who? Our neighbors. 
our co-workers, people that don't know God, our relatives that don't know God. We know they're going to die at some point, and somehow they don't respond to us. But notice the last part of this verse, but you will laugh. What does that mean? In due time, you will laugh. What does that mean? Well, it happens when our witnesses and prayers are answered and our friends and loved ones come to salvation. Don't we laugh then? Aren't we excited then because they've come to the Lord? Now, for sure, we're going to laugh when we get to heaven. Could I hear an amen there? You know why? Because there's no tears. There's no sorrow. There's no death. There's no pain. There's no suffering. There's no any sickness. And joy comes in the morning. Now, as you begin to think of that, can I just say to you this morning, what Jesus is really saying is, if you're a Christian, you cannot laugh in this world. You must be very serious. You must mourn all the time. Is that what Jesus is saying? Hallelujah. I mean, you know, there's people that say this, that Jesus never laughed. Are you kidding me? With those 12 idiots? Like us? He had to laugh forever, didn't he? Does the Bible say anything about a Christian laughing? Yes, it says don't laugh. No, it doesn't. Ecclesiastes, for everything there is a season, a time under everything under heaven, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. By the way, pharmacy, I knew this my whole life. A cheerful heart is good medicine. Just turn to your neighbor and say, look at him first and then go, you are really funny. Go ahead, just turn to your neighbor and laugh. Go on, go on, turn to your neighbor. I want you to do something very quick, very quick, gotta hurry. I want you to turn to your neighbor and look at their ears. Come on, just do it in front, back, don't look at it. Now start laughing. Come on, come on, start laughing. You got to be kidding me. Look at, you're trying to cover that sucker with an earring? Look at that baby there. Man, it's hanging down here. It's funny. It looks great, doesn't it? How many feel better already now? See there? Laughter is good what? It's good medicine. You know, we really shouldn't ever laugh in church, so this is, this is, this is fun. Next week, I'm going to tell you a joke. You'll laugh for the whole hour when I finish it. It's good. How many glad that God gave us a time to laugh? Amen. 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 Well, look at verse 25. This is difficult. Woe to you who laugh now. Talking about the unbeliever. For you will mourn and weep. New Living Translation says, What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now? For eventually... Difficulty will come to your life. Understand what he's saying there. The woe is directed to those whose lives are a continuous cycle of what? Amusement, entertainment, pleasure, apart from God. See, I can laugh if I have a relationship with God. Because he's the giver of life. But see, these people act as if life was made for fun and pleasure, no compassion for other people, just take care of myself, nothing to do spiritually. I'm just going to happy right here, just live for here. But eventually, Jesus says, 
that laughter will turn into mourning and weeping. They will one day regret their choice of a selfish lifestyle, living without a relationship with God. They will look back over wasted opportunities, selfish indulgence, and absence of personal relationship with God. Many of our Hollywood people are comedians. Robin Williams. We all laugh like crazy when you watch his stuff. I don't really know his spiritual thing, but what it looks like is not good. What do we discover with people who laugh here, but they don't have the joy of the Lord? What are they doing now? Well, if they don't have a relationship with God, they're not laughing anymore. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth for how long? Do you see the perspective again, Jesus is saying? It's good to laugh, but it's only good to laugh after you have a relationship with God because that makes it worthwhile. But there will be times of mourning. Now, here we go to verse 22. This one you're all going to get up and just say an amen. I know you're going to do it. You're excited. So here we go. Get ready. Blessed are you when people hate you. When they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil. I want you to underline these next six words. Because of the Son of Man. Remember, Jesus is teaching his disciples what to expect. Here's what he's saying. And he's saying it to you and me today. We don't like it, but this is what he's saying. Paul wrote Timothy. Look what Paul writes. 2 Timothy 3.12. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So you and I as a Christian... What Jesus is saying is this shouldn't be a surprise to you. There's going to be opposition and persecution. One day Jesus said this. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Now see, in America, we've been kind of shielded throughout the generations. By the way, when Jesus said this to his disciples, they didn't know it. How many, did this, did this verse come true for his disciples? Every one of the, 11 of the 12 disciples were martyred for Jesus Christ. John, the other one, was boiled in oil and overcame it, died on the island of Patmos. You see, the world today, there's millions of Christians since this was written that have died for their faith. Now, notice what they die for, for Jesus not because you're weird, not because you're uh, in the face of people and you give a, you know, condemn people or whatever. You die because you stood for the name of Jesus. Do you remember not too many months ago when we saw this picture of the Coptic Christians, the, the Christians in Egypt, and those 18 young men who had their heads cut off for Jesus Christ? Why were they murdered for Jesus? Who murdered them? Satan. Because he hates Jesus. You see, it's not about the church. It's not even really about God. It's about Jesus. Now, why is it? Because Jesus is the only way to God. So understand, I'm not saying to you that every one of us will suffer physical abuse and death for our faith. But can I say to you this morning, our country is getting worse, and we're going to have to learn to take a stand for what is right no matter what 
it costs us. We still love sinners. They just need to come to Christ and change like us. But we have to learn to stand. In America, it's very different than it used to be. The political and judicial systems, it's a mockery of the Bible. There's an all-out attack on the definition of the family today. It's in the Supreme Court right now. It doesn't matter what the Supreme Court rules. God designed this world. The family was the foundation of the home. It's one man, one woman, serving God forever. Sorry, that will never change. By the way, can I remind you again, I told you this before, the biggest problem we have in the church is not homosexual and lesbian. The biggest problem is uh, couples today are simply just not getting married. Do you understand that? Well, we don't need this. We don't need to make a commitment to one another. That's way bigger than the other problem. But again, we love people. Our schools make fun of creationism. Uh, Morality? Watch television. It's laughed at. So, when you think of all this, we kind of get stirred up inside, don't we? And let me just, when, when our attitude is toward all these people that are making fun of us and putting us down, what, what is our, should we be anger and bitter and resentful and I'm going to get even, we're going to solve, meh, self-pity, whatever. Well, get ready because Jesus answers a little differently. Now think about this. Think about this. What did we just say? We said, when all of this is happening in your life, what did we say? You're going to be what? You're going to be laughed at. You're going to be hated. So how do I respond to this? I want you to see this. Uh, When blessings await you, people hate you, exclude you, mock you, curse you. How should I react to that? Look at this next verse. You won't believe it. Look at verse 23. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Let's all get ready. We're going to dance and leap for joy this morning. People hate me. They can't stand me. They're firing me from work. Praise God. (laughs) Maybe not. Anybody there yet? No. Is that amazing? It isn't outward. It's what? It's inward. It means that I'm standing for the what? Truth. And what is the truth? Jesus saves. And when you see that, look at the end of it. Because great is your reward where? In heaven. There's that again. For that is how the ancestors treated the prophets. Understand what that means. It means simply this. Look at verse 26. Here's the opposite of it. Watch this. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. Now, there isn't anybody here that wouldn't want people to speak well of us. But he's saying this. When everyone speaks well of you, something's wrong. You're not standing for anything. You just care what people think. And you change and do whatever you want just so people think well of you. He said, it ain't going to work. It is not going to work. When that happens, Jesus says, be happy. There's a great joy awaiting you. Where? In heaven. That's what happened to the prophets in the Old Testament. What happened in those days? They were made fun of. God honored them. They were murdered. They were killed. But God honored them. So here's a question I'll leave you with this morning. Right here. Here's a statement about heaven and your rewards. 
Would you rather have, which one of these? A reward here on earth? Or as we just read in this scripture, a reward in heaven. For a Christian, that's a no-brainer. That means there's going to be a time that I'm going to have to put up with people that hate us or exclude us or mock us, curse us, because we follow Jesus Christ. It's okay. Now, how I respond to them, I have to respond to them like Jesus. You'll see that as we move through the next two teachings. I can't do that on my own. I have to have God to help me because I want to get angry. I want to get even. I want to say, turn that crud on television off. Fix it right. What is that? But we just have to realize those are the worlds that we're in. So as you and I are doing that, blessed this morning says this, living for Christ brings blessing here. It's a joy to serve God this morning. Amen. It just brings blessing here. But it brings amazing rewards in heaven. The woes mean this. Living for self here means every reward you have is here. And nothing when you die. You know, what Jesus taught us this morning, Jesus practiced. And don't you see this verse from Jesus? It's speaking about what Jesus did. It's found in the book of Hebrews. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's our role model. He's the one that not only shows us the way and teaches us as he did this morning, but he equips me. He allows the Spirit of God to enable me to do what he's asking me to do. He's the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and after it was done, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What's that saying? It said Jesus went to the cross, knowing that he would be beaten, shamed, made fun of, spit at, crucified, wages of sin dead. He went there, look at this, for what? For the joy set before him. Let's just pretend I'm Jesus this morning at all the campuses. What was the joy set before Jesus as he went through this process? What was the joy set before him? It was you. Jesus came to die for the whole world. He knew that on the cross he would provide a way for you back to the Father. Because you could never be good enough. I could never be good enough. So the joy set before him was you coming to Christ and spending eternity in heaven with him. God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for you. So that I could have rewards in heaven. And the biggest reward in heaven is like getting there. <laughs> because I couldn't get there without God. Think how blessed we are this morning. We learned today that God created us hungry, spiritually hungry, that is. He also provided a way to ease that hunger through repentance and coming under the Lordship of Jesus. Pastor Mark taught on the woes, curses that await us if we fail to pay attention to the teachings and warnings of Christ. We learned that we have to choose one side or the other what the consequences of our choices will be. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Pastor Mark will continue to teach through the book of Luke, remaining in chapter 6. He will be speaking about being controlled by the Holy Spirit, who can give us the power to perform the changes in our thinking that we must have to live as followers of Christ. We will learn about love, the different kinds of love spoken about in the Bible, and the type of love we are to display as Christians. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.